United Lutheran Seminary presents the Seminary Explores podcast, conversations on faith, art, people, politics, theology, life, and more, with voices from around the corner and around the globe. Welcome to the Seminary Explorers. My name is Nelson Strobert, and today my guest is Susan Tarr. Um, who is the um, who is retired from the Library of Congress and in um, um, in her uh, in her uh, last uh, last few years there was the executive director of the Federal Library and Information Center Committee. Welcome to the Seminary Explorer, Susan. Thank you. Uh, uh, while I know you are professionally a librarian, our conversation today will center on something that you've been involved in in your um, congregation, uh, the Church of the Covenant in Arlington, and that is you've been involved in Christian education or religious education uh, for the past few years. <clears throat> I ask, how, um, how did you get involved in this area of ministry? Well, um, I actually um, did some work in ministry when I was a teenager in my um, hometown Methodist church. I helped with the Bible school and, and uh, taught songs to the little kids. Um, and I taught a second grade class for a couple years when I was in college at the local Methodist church in New Wilmington, Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, sometime early on in my career in librarianship, um, I had a good friend who had done uh, a Christian education degree. Uh, she ended up going into social work. But um, I started thinking about, well, when I was done with my main career, maybe I would go back, get a Christian education master's, and have a second career uh, okay. in Christian education. So um, that was something that I had in my mind. Um, I helped with the Bible school in the summers at our church here in Arlington, the Church of the Covenant. Um, even while I was working, I would take off a week or take off half days and teach the Bible school. Oh, okay. Um, so I did a number of things while I was working uh, with this idea that eventually I might have a second career in Christian education. Uh, that that isn't exactly what happened, but, <laughs> okay. but that was how I got into uh, to work um, volunteer work at my church. Oh, okay, okay, very good. Um, uh, one of the reasons I uh, wanted to have a conversation with you is because you know we've been in the uh, midst of uh, the uh, COVID nineteen. Uh, and uh, we've uh, lots of things have changed, and uh, one of the things is uh, we've changed in terms of how we worship. Uh, I never thought I'd be worshiping uh, using my computer regular on a regular basis uh, because of you know we can't be in public. Uh, the other the other reason uh, the other interest that I found or the other change that I found uh, during this. Uh, uh, pandemic is uh, how do we how the question I had was how do we do Christian education and I know you're involved in Christian education in your local uh, congregation and uh, how have you um, how should I say how have you uh, been able to do Christian education in the midst of this uh, health crisis? Well, um, we also um, a year ago 
in our church had to figure out how to do worship. And our pastor um, decided, and I guess the session um, helped her decide, that we would uh, do online worship uh, using Zoom. Uh, I was in the middle of teaching uh, a weekly Bible study, and I was also teaching a weekly confirmation class okay. um, for our youth, uh, both of which stopped when, when we had to shut down the building. And um, after helping a bit with uh, worship, I'm on the worship team at our church, helping a bit with uh, um, transitioning to Zoom um, for worship, I thought, well, I could use this uh, for my Bible study. So that was the first thing that I okay. did. Because we were in the middle of studying Philippians, and I wanted to finish that study. Right. Okay. Um, so um, I, uh, the people in my Bible study were also learning how to tune in to worship on Zoom. So those were the same people except for a couple who weren't at our church, uh, weren't from our church. Um, and I knew um, that they had succeeded in getting onto uh, Zoom for worship. Even though we have an elderly congregation, mm-hmm. it was kind of amazing. Everybody did have a computer, and many had only used it for email, but they, with some work, were able to get onto Zoom. Oh, that's remarkable. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty remarkable. And so I um, continued the uh, the classes, um, the weekly Bible study, um, using Zoom technology. And then once that seemed to work out pretty well, since the children were all getting used to online schooling, right. um, I um, I attempted. <laughs> I did one session with the youth. Uh, for the confirmation class. Okay. Um, it, and so it was pretty much Zoom, and because um, the church had already adjusted to that technology, the congregation had adjusted to it, it worked well. Um, in fact, it worked maybe better for uh, these classes than it did for worship. Oh, really? Uh, Zoom. Well, because Zoom was not very good for music. Oh, you know, and we were we were trying to use PowerPoint within Zoom, and that wasn't very um, consistent. Also, you had to kind of adjust to different people's Wi-Fi levels, right? So that you know, some of that the transmission wasn't very um, high quality. Mm-hmm. So it varied from from person to person. With Bible study, since it was a smaller group, we could kind of work on the different issues and make it better. Um, and I didn't. I had used some video in the in the classroom when I was doing Bible study on site, um, but I didn't use it as much uh, once we got onto Zoom because there were some technical issues with that. But it it, it actually. The adjustment worked pretty well, and we actually grew Bible study because people who weren't interested in coming to the church for for the Bible study, right. um, and people who had less to do because they were isolating at home, um, we about in the last 
year we've doubled the size of the Bible study. No, that's 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 and brought in a lot of people. Yeah, yeah that's very interesting. Yeah, um, and it's it's not. Um, we haven't brought in a lot of people from outside the congregation, um, but it's people that had maybe thought about trying mm-hmm. it, but didn't really want to get up for it at ten o'clock in the <laughs> right. morning. You know, didn't want to walk into a room that was pretty much filled with people that had done this every week for 15 years or 20 years or 40 years, some of them. Um, So um, it was um, an easier way for people to try it. Right. And um, especially once they already had adjusted to the technology for for worship. Um, So, yeah, we are up to about 15 people in the class now. And uh, and that was good. It wasn't my one try last spring with the youth wasn't as effective. I had a hard time trying to get them to participate on Zoom. Really, they were kind of quiet, and I I, I don't know whether it was the subject matter. Um, we were on the uh, in the part of the curriculum that focuses on polity uh, and doctrine, uh, yeah. not not the most fascinating part, although I did have our um, our music director who was leaving us because he'd become ordained and was going on to a post, a uh, young man that um, I know the kids really liked, so I had him come and talk about his faith story. Okay. Um, so it was a little more stimulating <laughs> than just talking about <laughs> doctrine. Um but it didn't encourage me to to keep on with that. And the kids were kind of, you know, they were in that transition. The school was still, still trying to figure out what it was doing. And it was the end of the school year and all of that. So um, so I did not try to continue with, uh, with the youth uh, last spring. I did reinitiate some things in the fall. And then uh, I've started back into a more regular uh, class with them. Oh, really? This spring. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, what w- did you see the difference when you started up again? Well, it, the difference um, m- might have to do with the different subject matter. Okay. Because what I decided, um, well, first let me tell you the curriculum that we were using for the confirmation class. Um, and when I say confirmation class, I'm talking about a total of three families um, and now four children, two right, in each yeah. of the two remaining families. So it's a very small group, um, and it is it is all of our youth. Well, it's not all our, our youth in the congregation, but uh, most of our youth in the congregation at that age because we're a very small congregation. So we're us- we were using a curriculum um, for the first time, a three-year curriculum for confirmation. Okay. Usually, our confirmation classes are uh, have been, in the past, um, one year or some portion of a year, right. um, with a, with the joining the church at the end. And a few years back, we decided to try this uh, collaborate uh, Presbyterian confirmation curriculum which does a study of the Old Testament for one mm-hmm. year, a study of the New Testament for a second year, and then Presbyterian polity and doctrine 
for history and doctrine for the third oh, year. Okay. And we were in the third year with the first class when COVID struck um, and we went to Zoom. So we had started the second class into um, with a with the um, New Testament study. Okay. So we had done Old Testament with two people, two two young men, and then we added uh, a girl and a boy for the um, for the New Testament study, who continued on with us until the. Uh, through the beginning of last year when we were doing the Presbyterian history and doctrine. Right. Um, so what I, what I decided to do in the fall, since um, the whole political arena was heating up so... Um, dramatically, so yeah. Dramatically, thank you. That was, that was a good word. I was thinking about negative words, but thank you for the better word. <laughs> um and and so I came across this uh, curriculum, uh, Faith Questions, which is done by, um, I guess it's the Presbyterian Church Congregational Ministries Publishing, um, Faith Questions on Politics. Oh, okay. And it had it had four uh, sessions, ideas for four sessions, which I pretty much changed around a bit, but. Um, the subjects in the uh, initial uh, setup were, is God a Republican or a Democrat? Is it a sin not to vote? Why do some politicians lie and make bad decisions in their personal lives? Is it okay or not okay to talk about politics at church? Ah. So those were the four uh, initial classes. I kind of shifted things around after the first right. one. Um, what I learned with our particular um for youth, well, five, because we added a sixth grader as he came right. up, um, was that they don't really talk about this in school. Ah. So I was assuming that they would be primed and that what I'd be doing was adding to a political conversation they were already having um, some um, Christian dimensions. Right. You know, well, you know, do you, uh, is it Christian to... To protest, right. oh, oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> those kinds of things. And is it non? Is is it a Christian thing to vote? And if you don't vote, is that a problem? You know, for your Christianity, those kinds of things. But I expected to be adding to a conversation, not developing a conversation. And um, what I learned, at least from these four, was that it wasn't appropriate to talk about political subjects in school, I guess, because it was so right, heated. Okay, but yeah. I just found that, I, I found that interesting. And so it, the conversations didn't develop quite as, as I had anticipated. But it was an enjoyable thing. I really enjoyed the preparations for the classes, thinking of what I could bring that would stimulate conversation. Right. You know, I had some political cartoons. I had some video clips that I found on YouTube, different, different things that I could show them to, to get a, the questions raised right. um, and try to figure out how to talk about it. Um, so you had a Christian orientation and not a, um, a party orientation. Right. You know, I have my own views and I was trying not to 
color the conversation with my own views, which was a challenge in <laughs> right. itself but, uh, for yeah, me. And what, uh, as you're talking, I'm thinking you had to make you know, your. This was a, a hard copy curriculum or a, a paper or textbook curriculum, and you had to transfer that into the new technology. Uh, did you find that a challenge? Oh, right. Uh, did you find that a challenging well, uh, as a, as a, a confirmation teacher? Um, by the fall, I had uh, worked a bit with the worship technology because our pastor left it in the summer. And we were kind of, she was kind of the technology <laughs> person because she chose Zoom. And, and so um, the worship team kind of had to take over in the summer. So I had done more things with Zoom uh, through that. And I tried a few things in my Tuesday morning Bible study. So I was a little more at ease with the technology uh, by fall when I was working on this class. And it wasn't, the curriculum wasn't, well-defined. It had a lot of ideas, but not necessarily lesson plans or that sort of thing. So it was good in that it it sparked my ideas, and I had been following the political situation enough, so I had some ideas about what what events might be controversial or be controversial for Christian thinkers. How how would a Christian think about this okay. event? Right. Um, and and how should the children, the youth, um, what questions would they have about what happened and what they as budding Christians um, should do or not do in a political situation? So it was, <laughs> I think I had more fun with it maybe than the youth did, <laughs> But um, it was it was a um, a worthwhile series, and it seems to me that you could um, be, you could also be creative. Exactly, exactly. I could pick and choose what I wanted to use. Some of the things that were this is not. It wasn't just published. Let's see what the public. It was nineteen no two thousand eleven. So some of the things, even the online stuff that they had cited, wasn't available right, anymore okay. or relevant mm-hmm. anymore. So I pretty much uh, came up with a lot of the things that I I used. I used some of their questions. I used some of their biblical bases, but I, um, in terms of current events, I um, I tried to pull things that I thought would be relevant to the kids. What I what I failed on like car- political cartoons. I went back to some Clinton. Era things and some um, a lot. You know, some Bush. It was history to them, you know. Uh, oh yeah, and and not history that they were familiar exactly. with. At least the aspects that I was bringing. So that was the fall, and what I wanted to do in the spring was get them ready for maybe an outdoor confirmation at the end of the spring. Right. So I now had two classes for youth. Um, well. At three years because the sixth grader wasn't isn't going to be ready for the spring because he just came right. into the group on in the fall, but I decided that I would um, go back to the Old Testament. We didn't have that much left in the history and doctrine, and um, pick up the Old Testament for the the um, one youth that hadn't no the two youth that hadn't been in that, that sequence yeah. year hadn't 
Yeah, hadn't hadn't started with us the first year, so that they would get that background. And the one person from the first year who was still with us um, agreed that he would do the Old Testament review with us. So I picked up a um, a source called "A Hundred Things Every Child Should Know Before Confirmation: Guide for Parents and Youth Leaders" by Rebecca Kirkpatrick, and um, and I went through the stories that she thought, um, rather than trying to repeat the collaborate right. um, pro- curriculum, which I didn't have time to do anyway, because um, I promised parents I would get this done in eight sessions over the winter and spring. And so what I thought of was that kids, all all four of these kids, have been through our godly play um, oh, curriculum, yes, yes. which means they know stories. Right. They know individual stories, and they should know them well because most of them have been through a couple cycles of these stories. So I went back through the godly play curriculum to see which stories we did and which ones we didn't, and then I I lined up. What I wanted to do is take them through the Old Testament in the story. Okay. And have them remember the stories in the historical sequence that they happen in the Old Testament, so that they would get a sense of the the scope, ah. the the historical scope, the movement of God, the big story from the little story. Okay. And so far, we've had three sessions, and it's worked. Of course, I was doing the best stories like Genesis. <laughs> I did two sessions on Genesis, and then we just did Exodus through uh, the rest of the Torah. And um, and so, the you know, those are really good stories, and the kids could remember enough so that it could be a conversation. And and we have, uh, we're using the Harper Collins Study Bible, oh, so oh, yes. each of them got a Bible. So what I try to do is talk about the stories and then bring them in to a couple Bible passages so they'll see where the stories are um, and actually read pieces of the stories from Scripture. And um, and so far, you know, three out of the eight sessions have gone pretty well. I'm trying to find any time on their schedules for the, the remaining really? five sessions uh, between now and yeah. May. Well, but, yeah, as you described your work, uh, particularly uh, in this case with, with the youth, uh, it seems to me that uh, it takes, it's, takes a lot of preparation and uh, a lot of reflection on your part. Uh, I, I do know that um, in your retirement, you, you did some, uh, some further work in theological education, uh, am I correct? Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. I did a master's of theological studies at Wesley Theological Seminary, um, starting the year that I retired, two thousand five, and um, I did three and a half years uh, to get to that master's. It was a sixty-hour degree and with a paper uh, at the end, and so. Um, yeah. Go I was ahead. Say, how, how do you think that helped you in your present work, and as you had to deal with the changes from hard copy textbook to technology? Uh, uh, did did your study, your theological studies, help you uh, as to where where you are now? Well, the best thing it did for me 
Um, well, for one thing, I had all the professors were absolutely wonderful professors and um, great examples as Christians, um, both intellectually and spiritually. They just were great leaders. So I had that model um, before me for three and a half years. The most important thing, I guess, was just having a, a, a really good grounding in the Bible okay. and then understanding how that moves into theological concepts. So I did that. I ended up not doing a, uh, a Christian education degree because I, I was pretty sure I wasn't going to have a second career in it, and I didn't want to leave my current church. I wanted to keep working right. okay. as a volunteer in my current church. Um, so I took the studies not as a way to be a better teacher, but to be a better Christian. Ah, okay. um, to really, I had time, I had a government retirement, and I could really dig in to the scriptures and, and other issues that, um, that related to who I am as a Christian. So um, that learning and that example and that, um, that growing of my own faith mm-hmm. okay. in that three and a half years, I think, was essential in my um, having ideas, um, having a grounding, uh, having some knowledge, so that I could take that and work both with the youth and with the, um, the adults. Oh, that, that, oh. In our congregation. That's great. Um, I'd like to. Uh, what um, What advice would you give to other uh, teachers, uh, Sunday school superintendents, etc., who are struggling uh, with uh, how to on the use of technology uh, and education in the church? Any advice you might give to them uh, from your experience? Hmm. Um, are you thinking? remaining in the um, at-home context, or are you just thinking generally? I did a couple of things with my um, Bible study, um, and I was going to look up the um, the Wisconsin, you may know it, there's a group in Wisconsin that um, hosts N.T. Wright video classes under Udemy is the name of the online educational thing, but it's not, it's not, Udemy itself isn't a religious organization. It's an educational oh, okay. organization. But, but in my adult class, I have, I had, um, done some licensing of NT Wright lectures. We wow. did the Paul bio, the Paul biography, uh-huh. um, and we were reading NT Wright's bi- Paul, a biography, um, or some of us read it. Some of us just listened to the lectures. <laughs> right, okay. But that was a whole course. Um, and so I um, got a license, to, which wasn't as expensive for the class as it was if you did it individually. It was like $10 for each of the, the um, people in the okay. class um, to use that technology. So it, it, uh, it was an online class, but I was able to plug it into the, um, the smart TV at church, and so we played it. The lectures were usually about twenty minutes, so we'd play them, 
and then talk about the, if it was a, we did Romans that way too, the study of Romans. Um, so I had that technology background um, and I would recommend that. I mean, it's sometimes hard to, to do all the preparation. Now I'm doing the, I'm using the New Interpreter's Bible commentary and N.T. Wright um, New Testament for Everyone in our study of Matthew now that we're doing um, in Bible, the Tuesday morning Bible okay. study. Um, so I'm not using the technology for the video so much, but I did finish up um, our study last year using the, the technology over Zoom. As I said, there's some problems with that. I think I've lost track of your question. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 it was advice for people. And I would say, actually, I'm exploring. I took a one-hour webinar last week on virtual church okay. or hybrid, no, hybrid church. And I'm thinking that when we go back to the classroom, at least for my Tuesday morning group, uh, that some of the people that are online may not follow us back to the church. Okay. And so I am trying to figure out how we could do online and, you know, the, what they call a hybrid church. Um, and the, the class actually last week was about worship hybrid, but I think we could actually experiment with it first this spring with my Bible study class, because it's less uh, complicated than trying to do something in the sanctuary. Um, But that's what I've been thinking about in terms, I mean, I don't know what your audience is dealing with, but for us, going back to the physical space, um, and then trying to keep some of what we gained by making this big leap, right? Um, investing so much time and energy into making online work, and how it is working better for some people, trying to somehow combine those options ah. so that um, to make it easier uh, and therefore um, probably more uh, popular. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Yet, yet more people involved in the education that we do um, offer. Right. Well, that's uh, uh, I, I think that's a challenge that is going to be a challenge for churches th- throughout uh, the United States. And uh, I think you you raised uh, a good question for for us to uh, to to continue to think about and, and to work through and experiment with. So I appreciate that. Um, I can't believe that our time is is running out. And uh, uh, and uh, I, I is are there any uh, last words uh, that you uh, might uh, give to to those people, teachers, uh, superintendents who have been struggling or have been working with through this technology? Any final words? Well, um, I would just. Um, recommend that people enjoy it. Um, think about what it has added to your gifts, uh, the church's gifts, um, and think about what all the things that you've learned by uh, using new technologies. 
I mean, we never, our church never would have done this without COVID. Um, What that means for our mission going forward, our mission and ministries, because I think, um, I think there's a lot that can be um, added and not necessarily in terms of the content, but the reach Ah, for the content. Great. So that that's my final okay. word. <laughs> well, that that's very encouraging and very hopeful, and certainly uh, you have uh, helped to bridge the gap uh, between technology and education in the church. And I uh, appreciate you, and I appreciate your sharing what you have done and uh, hope to do in the future in education. Thank you for being. Thank you, Nelson. Thank you for being our guest. Uh, uh, you're welcome. Okay. My guest today has been Susan Tarr, uh, who has been working in Christian education in her home congregation and has shared some of her insights in uh, the, bridging the gap between technology and education during this time of COVID. For the Seminary Explorers, this is Nelson Strobert. Have a good day. You have been listening to The Seminary Explorers, a production of United Lutheran Seminary with campuses in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania and Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We invite you to visit our website at unitedlutheranseminary.edu. Opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of United Lutheran Seminary or the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America.